Special look at Marvel Studios' original series, Loki. Maybe Loki wants to mix it up. Is that possible? You can change? Hi. This variant is insubordinate, stubborn, unpredictable. I don't care! He's doing great. You need the god of mischief. But he's really arrogant. I am Loki. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. Unbelievable. Wherever you go, it's just death, destruction, the literal ends of worlds. I know. Original series streaming June 9th, only on Disney+. Plus. I know what this place is. Timekeepers have built quite the circus. And I see the clowns are playing their parts to perfection. Big metaphor guy. I love it. Makes you sound super smart. I am smart. I know. Okay. Okay. Please sign to verify this is everything you've ever said. This is absurd. Sign this too. We protect the proper flow of time. You picked up the Tesseract breaking reality. I want you to help us fix it. Why me? I need your unique Loki perspective. Do I get a weapon? Nah. believe in this Loki variant. Luckily, he believes in himself enough for the both of us. Bye. It is adorable that you think you could possibly manipulate me. I'm ten steps ahead of you. You're not big on trust, are you? can trust me. Loki, I've studied almost every moment of your entire life. You've literally stabbed people in the back like 50 times. Why never do it again? Well, hello, folks. 
Hello, all you MCU fans out there. This is the MCU's Bleeding Edge with Cyber, my co-host. I'm Jeff Sloboda, and we've got Arch once again from Podcast of Champions. He is making his, I think, third appearance now and becoming like a fixture on the show, which is great because he's great. Um, so essentially, uh, Perry, we are waiting on right now. Oh, here he is. He's popping on as we speak. So we'll let him in real quick. And then we'll talk about what we're going to be covering tonight. There he hey is. Hey, guys. Sorry about that. It was it's all right. It wasn't letting me join. We're live, Perry. Just had so to go know. back and like refresh it a hundred times. No, you're good, man. <laughs> so there he is. There's the man, Perry Ramsey. Um, he's 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 he decided to show up for the panel. <laughs> and he Loki. We'll have to see. We don't know if he's watched it. Oh, yeah. Um. So how? What? I mean. So just. I mean. Just start things off, folks. This is the MCU's Bleeding Edge. We are a podcast. We are a live streaming team or whatever, if you want to call it. Um, Cyber, myself, and Perry, we are the co-hosts of the MCU's Bleeding Edge. You can find us live on uh, Trovo, Facebook Live, um, and uh, Daily Motion on YouTube, on LinkedIn, at, on VK Live, and I think even a couple other ones, but I can't think of them right now. And our podcast is through Anchor. Um, and you can find us on any of the podcast distribution platforms. And we also have a website now, um, the MCU's bleeding edge.org, all lowercase, which, you know, cyber, what do you think about the website? I love it. Is it I pretty good? It's pretty. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it, it, out it looks good. I did. I got a good, I got a chance to check it out. It looks pretty good. Oh, you like that? Yeah. 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 I, mean, hey, I think it's a, solid. Yeah, for a very basic template, like it wasn't. It, it was. I think I did a pretty good job. I'm pretty happy with it. Arch, I did. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. I didn't let you know that that I built our website um, just recently. I, I finished it like yesterday. I'm just trying to pull it up right now, actually. So uh, give, give me a second on that. That's well, hopefully cool. you won't be too critical of me because I've still got to go back and do some re-editing <laughs> of it and whatnot. Like some of the some of the, uh, the some of the menus and the buttons don't work yet and stuff like that. So I don't want to give myself too big of a pat on the back. But so basically, we are all um, here and and uh, assembled to do a review of Loki episode Assembled. one. You want to talk about a bomb ass freaking first episode? I mean, based, just off right off the bat, like to start things off and get right into the meat of this show. Um, going to you, Arch. What did you think of the the look of the show, like the cinematography and everything and whatnot? Like, I I mean, what so far? What'd you think? I noticed that on a, on on several uh, at several points, like when he's going through and you just the settings and and like there's like this orange tint in some of the places. I thought it looked fantastic. I, I it reminds me. I'll just sum it up real quickly. It just reminds me of, of reading just a great a sci-fi miniseries or something that you might start off where things are just weird and bizarre and alien and oddly futuristic, and you're not sure what's going on and. I like it. I got I got into it right away, man. This is exactly the kind of series that just hits me right at home. I love it. I'm glad you mentioned sci-fi because Michael Waldron already said that Marvel Studios is going to consider is considering this series a sci-fi series. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just to put it out there, you know, I don't know if there may be people out there who don't realize that, but um, going to you, Cyber. What did you think? I would, with you especially, I, I'd like to know what your thoughts are on the cinematography. 
I mean, this, I mean, from the get-go of the beginning of the episode, you know, showing once again that part in Endgame, showing, you know, Loki kind of getting captured at the end of Avengers, and then going from that to, like, that scene where he all of a sudden pops up in the desert, and he's surrounded by those people, and they're, like, talking, like, some language, and he's like, uh, okay. I mean, each scene of that, of this first episode... I thought the cinematography was really well done. Uh, I mean, everything from the details to the color spectrum that they decided to go with for the layout, like Arch was saying, there's a lot of oranges and hues like that, which I think is kind of like correlating to kind of like Loki's kind of look and his outfits and so forth that he's had over the years uh, and, and the different movies and so forth. So I think that kind of just plays into also kind of the TVA itself too, because the TVA, if you notice the, um, Miss uh, Time, she's Miss very kind of like Miss Minute. She's like a little bit kind of like orangey colored and stuff like that. So I think that has to do with that too. So I mean, there's like a mixture. They decided to take all kinds of different things to give it a really nice landscape look for this episode. And I thought they did a really great job. Perry, your thoughts, brother? Yeah, I think it, it looked really, really cool. Like they, they did a really good job. Um, making it feel like it, it was the same thing I was kind of saying last week when we were talking about um, Captain Marvel, when we were talking about like the Cree home planet, that it feels sci-fi and different, but it's still recognizable within the parameters of what um, Marvel considers like a weird planet. You know, it still feels like different, but it still has that normality that we're not like, this doesn't feel like Marvel. It still feels like Marvel and they're brilliant at doing that, obviously. Um, so I thought it looked great. I thought it was just enough of a tidbit into what it's kind of all going to be. Um, and I think visually, like they did a great job, like teasing you in that way too, not just with the story, but also with the visuals of like, this is where we're starting and it's only going to get weirder. You know, <laughs> I, if anything, I think it was a little subdued because compared to the trailers and everything we saw in the trailers, we didn't see that much really like in terms right. of like, you know, uh, some of the bigger visual angles and whatnot that you see in the trailers. And speaking of which I'm going to go ahead and real quick, just drop a couple of the trailers and we'll go ahead and watch those. And then we'll get into the next topic or the next question. Here we go. Welcome to the time variance authority. <laughs> Miss Minutes, and it's my job to catch you up before you stand trial for your crimes. So settle in. Now hang on just a minute. And we'll get you in front of a judge in no time. <laughs> Who actually believes this crap, sir? I'm gonna see your ticket. No. Thanks for visiting the TVA. Don't hesitate to let us know how we're doing. What do you want from me? You put our timeline in chaos. I want you to help us fix it. What could possibly go wrong? Trusting Loki is not a good idea. Do I get a weapon? Gear up. Oh, don't those Absolutely not. Original series streaming Wednesday, June 9th, only on Disney+. Uh, 
Get your hands off. You're taking me somewhere to kill me. No, I'm taking you someplace to talk. Where I lie, I don't like to talk. But you do like to lie, which you just did. Because we both know you love to talk. Talkie, talkie. How long have you been here? I don't know, it's hard to say. You know, time passes differently here in the TVA. What does that mean? You'll catch up. All right. Go right to that. Cyber. I, just to, to try, just, you know, basically, what are your thoughts on watching the trailers? Now that you've seen the first episode, you know, just what's your take on, on the trailers themselves as trailers, I guess? I mean, basically, if you, you know, if you pay attention close enough, I mean, majority of those trailers, both of them, were mostly episode one. Yes. I mean, literally, you literally saw a majority of the scenes were from episode one, which I think is kind of funny. But at the same time, I, the, you know, watching them this time around, which I hadn't seen them in a while, uh, I was noticing things I hadn't noticed before. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but there is a scene that was just in this last trailer that we just watched, the second one, where I swear to God it showed Black Widow. Like, really oh. briefly, <laughs> it was her sitting down, like, in, like, a realm... I don't know if it has to do with the Soul Stone or not, but you swear to God, it looked just like her because she was wearing a fully black suit like Black Widow does, and it was like ominous and stuff like that. Like, somebody... are you sure that wasn't the female Loki? 
It could have been. I don't know. But it just, that, like, I hadn't noticed that before in the previous trailers that I've seen. And that was kind of odd, I thought. Because I'm like, hmm. Because if that's a female Loki, uh, she's very, she looks very similar to Black Widow. But anyways, I just thought that, you know, after watching the first episode, like I was saying, seeing, you know, the first episode, you get majority of the first episode in these trailers, which I think is kind of mm -hmm. funny that Marvel decided to do that. And, uh, I mean, you get bits and pieces from, I'm sure, other episodes, but this is probably the first two trailers I've seen from a one of the Disney Plus series that majority of the, you know, trailer itself is actually the first episode, which I thought was kind of interesting. So, yeah. That, yeah, that's a great point. I noticed that, too. Perry, what were your thoughts on the trailers themselves? Yeah, it was similar to what Cyber's saying. Um yeah, there's been a uh, whole debate like online with uh, whether or not that was like Black Widow. Um, and people were saying how that's Vormir and um, and stuff like that. And I think it's, it's been relatively debunked that it's not. Um, but I, it's, it's all speculation. Um, but because that was my first thing when that trailer first dropped and I, and, uh, because they've shown that scene, I think, in two different trailers. Do you think they'd really so. bring her back, Perry, to the MCU when they've got her film coming out? That's a flashback film and everything. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's likely, but you never know. They like to throw wrenches and um and stuff. So, I mean, it, like I said, it's all speculation. Um, other people are saying it's not Vormir because they like break it down like like the little details in like the actual planet and stuff. And if you sit on the still frame of it, it it's, it's not Vormir. So I don't know. Um, but I guess we'll, we'll find out. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting that like a majority of that was the first, first episode or probably the first two episodes is where a lot of that comes from too. Those scenes, those extra scenes that we see are probably episode two or three. Um, Cause they did a similar thing with like WandaVision. Yeah. They did show some like, um from the later episodes but it was like maybe a scene or two and then falcon winter soldier was one that they they showed a, bits and pieces from a lot of the episodes um or a lot more of the episodes but um yeah i think this one just the way that they uh played up uh a lot of the suspense in the first episode of like where this is going um i anticipate they they did that because it's going to be very heavy with <laughs> things that um are going to change the entire Marvel landscape of what what's going to happen. I mean, we know it will because Kevin Feige and uh, the guy who is the showrunner for it said so. But, um, but yeah, the trailers definitely are. They just watching them now. I'm like, I got to go back and watch the first episode again. <laughs> Me too. At Arch, going to you. Um, how do you feel about the trailers? And, um, you know. What do you think about what Perry said about this show potentially changing the MCU? Do you think that it's going to have an impact like that? I think it's going to have a huge impact. Now, I'm weird on trailers. Um, I, I don't watch them. Um, I don't like to get. I, I don't like to have anything going into these, so I I don't watch them. And and there's one specific moment I'll bring out um, that 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 I'm glad I never watched them. And it was when Vision first showed up in Age of Ultron. I had no idea when I was watching the movie that was going to happen. Oh, that's cool. the, the entire time they were they were making him in the cradle and then. That moment that they he first puts the uh, the mind stone in his in his head, I was just like I was sitting at theater like, wait, are they doing vision? Like I had no <laughs> idea. So it was so exciting to see him pop out of that trailer. Yeah. I was like, what? So I, I don't want I I just don't I don't like watching him for that reason. But they're exciting. They're really cool. Like to, to look at them here, and I'm 
I'm really glad to know that it was mostly just episode one stuff. I think that's that's pretty star- smart, especially in a show like this that seems like it's going in a deeply mysterious ro- route. Not to not to give away the game uh, on those. Um, I. I I do think this is leading to something really huge that's going to impact the entire MCU. And I don't know if anybody else thought this, but when they started talking about the Time Lords having fixed this massive knot in time and and streamlining it way back when, and that if, you know, if it got out of hand again, it could lead to like a catastrophe. All I could think was Secret Wars. I really, I really, I really was thinking me- mega time, like, and I haven't been on the the Secret Wars rumor train. Like, I have not been one of those people out there constantly posting that. Oh yeah, they're going to do Secret Wars. Avengers four is, or Avengers five is definitely going to be Secret Wars. I haven't been saying that at all, but this got me thinking about that. So I, I think it's going to have huge impact. I, I don't know, I don't know that that's exactly where they're going, but I, I think something about this multiple fractured timelines and fixing that is is going to lead somewhere pretty huge. I'm pretty sure. Well, I think that just to give you know, throw my opinion in there on this topic, I think that um, basically we do know that Loki's going to be in Thor four. We know that that's that he th- this show is going to connect with Thor four in some small way, and of course, like there's no way around mentioning the the um, the shadowing of Kang the Conqueror with this show because of the fact that um, you know like uh, Ravana Renslayer the judge that you see in episode one um, is Kang's love interest in the comic books, you know? So like um, the, uh, the actress um, who plays um, the character Ravana Renslayer uh, is um, Gugu Mabatha Raw. And we see her, briefly in episode one as a, as a, as a judge at the TVA who like basically distrusts Loki and like, doesn't really like agree with Mobius and Mobius's decision to like bring Loki in to fix the timeline. But, um, moving further down the road here in terms of like the episode, uh, what did you Perry think about the opening sequence where we, we got the TVA for the first time? Like, what did you, how did that work with you? I, I thought it was really, uh, I thought it was like almost like just, it felt like the DMV. Like it just felt like it. It was so, I loved it because it just, it had such a bureaucratic feel to it. And he even like says like you bureaucrats and all this stuff. And, uh, he has that moment, but it just like, it cracked me up. Cause I was sitting there like. Oh, I would be so pissed off if I was like thinking I was going to be ruling the world with the Tesseract and all of a sudden these guys pick me up and they throw me into like a DMV situation where I'm waiting in line, like telling me I did something wrong. Um, And I was just, it, it just, it was perfect. You know, it was so funny, like that whole sequence, because you're learning so much about what's going on. Like I say so much, you still get so little, but you're you're like uh introduced this big concept that's just been sitting there in the marvel cinematic universe and like the marvel comics as well but like in this instance for the marvel cinematic universe and you're just sitting there and all of a sudden you're and you kind of see loki kind of learning with you and it's that really cool like moment of like you're kind of pissed off too because you're like sitting there like that where he says why do i have to grab a number there's only two of us he's like grab a number and then as soon as he like, he he's like, yeah, whatever. And then he sees the guy get like, 
uh, erased and he's like fumbling for the for the number so it's just like those kind of moments where it's kind of it, it it lowers loki down um and it like it's like breaking down that 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 wall that took like the four movies that he was in after avengers or the three movies to like do this do a similar thing so we start seeing that process already and it's just really funny that it was the dmv that broke him you know <laughs> totally um cyber uh, what do you think about the opening sequence where we first see Loki and the TVA pops out of those portals? I mean, honestly, that was really fun. I mean, he's like sit, standing there talking to those natives there and all of a sudden they just pop up out of the doors and, and he's kind of like, okay, what's going on here? He's like, uh. And then they try to, they're trying to take him and take the Tesseract. He's like, oh, I'm a god and all this stuff. And, and he, you know, he's doing his, you know, Loki thing like he was doing in Avengers. And then, you know, they end up taking him in and he goes through that whole process of, you know, like giving him the jumpsuit and all that stuff. And he's just kind of like going, what's going, really going on here? And he, and he can't really figure it out. And at the same time, he's kind of like thinking like, uh, what did I get myself into? And then, he, of course, that whole scene where you know he's in that waiting line and there's only two of them and he has to take a ticket it totally makes me think of dmv2 or even like a deli which i thought was funny that they referenced that like oh it's like a deli and uh but the stick that the guard uses to evaporate the other guy totally makes me think of in thor ragnarok when the grand master uses the stick thing and disintegrates that guy that's sitting right next to thor and he's like oh my god yes Totally made me think of that, except you know, without the the ooey goos and you know, the grandmaster's like, oh, hey, uh, uh, you know, that was just really funny. But uh, I, I thought that was a very fun kind of introduction to kind of bringing Loki into the TVA. And then when Miss um, Time starts talking and he's watching the video and stuff, that was fantastic too. I absolutely loved that cartoon work and stuff like that. Totally made me think of like the fifties, and I thought that was like perfect for like if you were at like a dmv or something or something like waiting for something like that uh, and having to be taught you know told what where am i where do you, you know this is what we do and so forth and stuff and i just thought that was kind of funny kind of made me think of when thor is put into the chair to go see the grandmaster too when he's like put through that like yeah. almost like that thing and he's like being told what's going on and kind of made me think of that too so i thought that was really great arch What'd you think of the whole, the, the, the first, like, I don't know, like eight minutes or so of the show or the first 10 minutes of the show? I thought it was great. It really, it was, it was, it was probably my favorite part because it, it really got me into the concept of, of uh, the TVA and what they were doing. And it was just so trippy and weird. And you were, you were like, as, as kind of awkward about it as Loki was, you were trying to figure it out along with him. And I thought it was great. Um, so going to what Cyber just said about it, it having this sort of retro feel, I, I love when they do that. Like, Alien's a great series where they use this 80s tech because, and they, they still maintain it even in newer ones, but it's used to portray tech that's like 600 years from now. And you're like, they're still using like 80s computers and stuff. And it's great. I love it. Um, uh, this one is like, you know, from the 70s or something. And they're, they're, it's the most, apparently the most advanced technology that there ever is. Like it, it makes things like the Infinity Stones inert somehow. Like I can't wait to figure out how that works. But my favorite scene uh, relating to the DVD, uh, the the DMV thing, is when he walks into that one guy who's just 
completely emotionless. He's like, hey, just sign this. He doesn't care about Loki at all, completely impersonal. And he hands him this stack of paper this thick. <laughs> and it's just nice. like, hey, verify that this is every word you've ever said. Nobody what? told me we were doing props. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that was a great visual aid right there, Arch. <laughs> Verify this is every word you've ever said. Like you could even remember everything you said last week or something. Like this is just great. So he decides it. I like how he's like, what? And then another sheet prints out because he just said something else. I feel like it's it, yeah. was, it was great. I, I love that kind of humor in the MCU. I think it's I think it's fantastic. But uh yeah, I loved everything uh TVA uh that they did. I love their seeming power. We'll probably talk about that a little bit more later, but uh just the whole vibe of them and their whole nonchalantness to dealing with the character as powerful as Loki. I was going to mention this later. I love, like, uh, just a, another Sakaar comparison. Uh, you just made the Grandmaster's milk st uh, uh, melt stick comparison, but um, how they have the uh, control buttons, right? I've got my Loki on button on here, but the, uh, the you know, the, the patches that they can put on even the Hulk, somebody that powerful to control him. And in this one, you know, Loki's just no match for them, even though he thinks he could be. So I, I love concepts like that. I think it's great. Most definitely. And I think that, um, as usual, I, I, Arch, I mean, you're always bringing, you're always bringing the, uh, the, the, uh, the talent and like the, uh, the, the great, like, you know, impact on the shows, man, like bringing the visual aids out and everything, dude. Like, I love it, man. The props, like, that's awesome. Um, it's, it's, it's typing paper. Just so spoilers. Arch, just to go right back to you. What did you did did the whole like um link that they made with like the Avengers like you know where the TVA's talking about the Avengers and like what happened and Loki's talking about what happened in the Avengers film and um you know the the flashbacks to the Avengers film and Infinity War and Endgame and everything that when Loki goes in there and, and watches it what what did you what did you think of all that Oh that was great cuz I didn't know where they were going with this but ultimately it's it's breaking down Loki so that that's that's entirely what they did like so it starts off with him being supremely confident it's hard to put our minds here because we've seen loki do so much since 2012 but remember this is loki coming in pissed off at at, at, at his brother and, and his dad and just you know trying to, to trying to go off and do his own thing taking over earth and and aligning with thanos and you know he, he's feeling really powerful here so he has he's getting put down to to, to size here he really is like and and he should um i'm forgetting his name uh mobius um yeah mobius is uh is trying to show him these things to to really to kind of really break him down and the the payoff to that is when he gets in that office and he threatened he's threatening some of the guys in there who don't seem all that intimidated even though they seem like really random dudes and loki opens up that drawer and there's infinity stones in there that they've collected apparently from other time streams and I don't know if you guys noticed, but the Tesseract is really dull. It's not really bright, right? And Loki at that point realizes he has no power there. Like if the yes. Infinity Stones have no power there, he's got nothing. And that's when he just kind of stops and gives up and goes back to the room and watches the rest of his life play out until he sees his own death, which was pretty crazy. And I think at that point, he's, I don't know where he's going exactly, but at that point, he's, he's kind of at least open to listening to them. He's fully broken down at that point. So I thought it got to be a really personal episode and I didn't expect that. Did that that whole like um, part of the of the the show right there where he does like get like recognize his situation? Did that surprise you at all, Arch? Were you like I was a little befuddled by like what was happening with him emotionally at that point? It took me a minute to realize that he was like, okay, I get what's going on now. Like I can't get out of here. It, it kind of took me a second. I th I think it was when 
I started to realize that the Tesseract looked dull and I was like, it's not really that shiny that brightly. Are they doing that on purpose? Or is that some sort of like weird mess up? And then I realized that the infinity stones meant nothing. They were just talking about using them as paperweights. Like they were just nothing there. And then at that point, it took me a minute too, by the way, like it was only after that scene when he goes back and he's watching his death that I realized, oh, he's accepted that he's just nothing here. He's, he's kind of accepting that. So yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was really strong. It took me a second to to catch on to what they were doing, but I did think it was pretty strong. Perry, was there anything about any of those connections that they made with the earlier NCU, you know, films and whatnot that struck a chord with you or anything, or you found interesting? Or I I think that that whole like Tom Hiddleston does a like a wonderful job like showing that kind of progression as he's like witnessing some of the awful things he does. And then some of the brilliant parts of like his relationship with his brother, like Thor, um, like as they progress throughout, like obviously his life until like, he basically sacrifices himself for Thor and like for the universe. Like he is a part of that step, like, or at least when he sacrifices himself, he believes he's a part of that step and he does it as an effort to, keep things away from Thanos. He's like, when he dies, he's giving himself, like he is taking that away from himself anymore to be the ruler of everything. Like he no longer is part of that anymore. And he accepts that when he like goes to kill Thanos, you know? So it's, and you can just see Tom Hiddleston, like, like working through that really well on, on screen. And, um, like I was really moved by that. Like watching him, especially when uh like uh Owen Wilson's character Mobius and Mobius, brilliant name, um uh shows him how he directly led to his mother's death. And you just like you see just in the eyes the initial reaction of like like no, no, I didn't do that. Like why would I ever do that? Like that sort of thing. But then it's after it's replayed like a hundred times or whatever, like a bunch of times you start seeing it just like way on him, like moment after moment. And I just thought that was like, it, it just was like one of those scenes that like Tom Hiddleston gets to show off his, his dramatic skills and it like pays off tenfold. Um, so I thought that was a brilliant use of like setting up um, where his kind of mind is going to be going for the rest of like it, it's, it did a great job setting that up like his his arc whatever his character like whatever the end goal is for him is still who knows but where we're starting that was a it was so cool to like watch him react to his failures and what those failures actually led to and what his life actually means and i thought that was a really cool conversation between him and um mobius like just having that like quote unquote real talk like you know about what his life actually means and it's kind of it was like it was a lot deeper than i thought it was going to be for <laughs> the for the first episode but it really throws it at you and says this is where it is yeah this is this is the character this is what we're doing with it well, that's go sliding over to cyber on this cyber. Is there anything specifically for you that you kind of want to point out that you felt as the, as the episode unfurled 
in terms of like the the flashbacks to the Avengers and everything and whatnot in Infinity War and Endgame. I enjoyed the whole concept of them breaking down Loki back to where he was at the end of you know, or the beginning of Infinity War. I like that whole concept. I like that we're getting that Loki again because that's the Loki we all fell in love with. And so this whole, you know, breaking down basically that original Loki that we saw at the end of Avengers and then bringing him back to where he was in Infinity War kind of is a good sign that they want to keep him around for a while. And I like that. And just his expressions through that whole scene where he's seeing his life unfold before his eyes, you know, from the death of his mother to the death of Odin to his own death. They all did that so beautifully in this scene. And it gets to you. It gets your emotions because that was just really powerful. But also, if you think about it, in Thor Dark World, when, uh, you know the death of his mother actually happened you know you kind of see loki a little bit like think about it but not really like he did in this and you can see him see that he really did care for her and that he didn't really want her to die and so i think that was really interesting that they kind of played on that a little bit at the beginning of showing his montage of his life and then just this whole the whole sequence of him finding out you know the you know that the affinity stones were don't work there. That the test rack is, is not is is working too, and so forth. And that he's come to conclusion of what he has to do to kind of survive. I think that's kind of a part of his plan. And that even though he might have you know accepted his fate there, but also at the same time, I think he's thinking, well, if I go along with this, maybe I can get out of here. Is also kind of what they're drawing to there for that whole sequence as well. So I mean. All the flashbacks to the first Avengers was really fun, especially, you know, them showing him getting beat by Hulk again and all that kind of stuff. It's so funny. And uh, it just it's a it's a really great uh, montage that they gave for the other Avengers films. And I, I, I was actually shocked at how much they showed of the the first like Avengers film, too. I thought that was kind of interesting that they used a lot of clips from that. So, I mean. Maybe they did that, I think, maybe probably because of the whole pandemic a little bit. I think that's probably another reason why they did that, so that they had to film less footage to really give more to this first episode. So I also think that kind of played into it, too. But all in all, I think it was a really great montage. Yes, I would definitely agree with you. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, I I thought it was interesting that... It's always fun to see in all these series, whether it's WandaVision or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it's always fun to see the connections, like the the you know, the fabric in between the rest of the MCU properties that are that still are there was in terms of like what happened with Endgame. Like how did people react to it? Like how did the population react to it? You know, uh, even the TVA knows about the Avengers and like what happened in that timeline. And you know, said like flat out that what they did was, was supposed to happen. Not what Loki did, you know, taking the Tesseract and like dipping like he did. Um, but going, you know, to, uh, you Perry, um, what do you think of the casting so far? I know it's very early in the show, but just based off what we got in this first episode, what do you think of the casting? I think it's really good. Um, I think just with the minor things, I think that it, it, I'm going to focus on the two, the two main focuses right now, which is Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston. I'm going to focus on them because we haven't really gotten, we got maybe like five minutes worth of the other characters and it's who knows. Um, But I think 
Owen Wilson is doing a really good job. You know, like he, he feels very like comfortable being this guy. And I think he does a good job playing like the dry character because he, he's just sitting there like, like kind of kneeling back a little bit, like acting like he's like, just, Hey, we're just hanging out, man. We're just having a conversation. Yeah. He's like, we're just having a conversation. Hey man, I'm a big fan. Like he's just having like that conversation. And then he's like, wow. Um, so it's just, he's just having like, he's very good at that. Like, uh, like those dry things. And I think he's perfect for this role because of that. Like he's a bureaucrat. So he's acting like a bureaucrat. He's just being a dry, like kind of like, Hey, life's kind of good. Life's kind of bad. Hey, but we're just hanging out, man. And I think that's like the perfect role for him. So I think it's, it's going smoothly so far. It'll be, it'll be different. We'll see how like it gets different with like when it becomes a little more dramatic or a little more like intense and we'll see how it gets there. Um, but I think so far it's been like their dynamic seems like it's going to be uh, unique. You know, I don't think it's going to be necessarily like quote unquote buddy cop like kind of thing, but it's going to be an interesting like dog on a leash. How, how far can we keep the leash, you know? And I think it'll be like that kind of relationship, you know, like, like I've got my eye on you kind of thing. Um, and I think that'll be a really cool thing to watch develop over the over the season but overall so far it's been pretty good everybody's kind of been doing their job the right way and obviously tom hiddleston is he is loki like if anybody else played loki it would just feel weird so i think uh i think that's that that doesn't even need to be said right now but like owen wilson i think is kind of showed that he he he's going to be up there you know like he's going to be able to hold himself uh, cyber, if your take real quick, and then after that, Arch, if you'd come in after that, you know, what do you think so far, Cyber, with the casting? Did anything stand out to you so far? Well, I mean, hands down, Tom Hiddleston is Loki. I agree with that 100%. I don't see anybody else ever playing Loki. Uh, he is Loki to me, and he always will be. And I was psyched uh, as hell when they said that they're going to be doing a Loki series with him because I absolutely think he's like one of my favorite all-time characters in the whole MCU. And Tom Hiddleston just brings him to life like no other. And you just throughout, like I was talking about earlier, throughout all the films he's been in from Thor 1 through, you know, up to Infinity War, you you have fallen in love with his character of Loki and just his how his, you know, character has evolved throughout all the films. And so when they ended up killing him off in the beginning of Infinity War, I was like, literally like, are you guys stupid? Like, I know you can bring people back, but still, I was thinking, are you stupid? And I'm thinking, you got one of the best characters out there that you can do anything with, and you're going to kill him off. You know, I get, you know, killing off other characters because, you know, actors get sick of playing characters. But at the same time, this character, is, Loki, is Loki. And I just, I... I was in love with him from the beginning. Uh, on Owen Wilson, on the other hand, I mean, he didn't do a bad job in the first episode. Don't get me wrong. But I always see, no matter what Owen Wilson's in, he always is the same to me. He seems like that stoner, cracked out dude that is always just like what, you know, Perry is like, wow. You know, it, 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 that's... Wow. Like, ever since the first time I saw him in Anaconda back in 97... He's played the same character in everything. Armageddon, 
uh, you know, Spy Spy. I mean, everything. He's always Shanghai Noon. Shanghai Noon. I mean, wasn't he in the Royal Tenenbaums too? Yeah, he always is the same character. He always just plays himself. I feel, and so even though you know, I'm not very familiar with Mobius. Mobius, who he is as a character. Um, so I mean. I can't say he's doing anything wrong. I just when I watch him, I'm just singing Owen Wilson. I can't. I'm not thinking of Mobius, unfortunately. Um, but still, at the same time, like he's not the first choice I would pick. But at the same time, he's not doing a bad job yet. You know, just with this the first episode. So it'll be interesting to see, just like what everyone else was saying, to see what he does further down the road. And uh, but out of it all, Tom Hiddleston is my main guy for the whole series, and I'm just watching it for him. Well, well, thank you very much, Cyber. And going, going to you, Art, um, to kind of end this topic, uh, segue, what do you think of the job that Sarah Finn has done casting the whole MCU overall? She's the queen of the MCU. She's amazing. Like, there's, there's no doubt about it. She's, like, spot on with everything. Like, she deserves all the recognition that Kevin Feige gets. Seriously, like, she's cast everybody so it's it's she's done a fantastic job no doubt about it the uh just to, just to carry on with what cyber was saying uh i i totally agree i just want to put a slightly different spin on it um uh, owen wilson is just owen wilson i agree he's got zero range but i think i think he's great in this role he's just he's the guy you would want to hang out with like if you're just at a party or something like that he's just this cool dude and i think he fits this uh he's a bit older now he can play a little bit more of a mature part and i I, I think it's interesting to have him. Uh, it, it sort of adds to the whimsical nature of of the TVA and and what they're doing. So I, I think he really fits here, even even though he's got no range. I think Anthony just fits. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is is unbelievable. He he can hit everything. That that guy's an incredible actor. But um, uh, again, agreeing with with Cyber here. Um, uh, no, I really liked his death, and um, I, I thought it was incredible. I thought it was it was well positioned and well delivered, and, and very important to, to the story they were telling when he when he died. So I thought that was great. Um, it, it's it's funny here because a lot a lot of people were like, "Oh, they'll just bring him back," but that's not really what they're doing here. They have brought him back, but not really. What we're doing is just seeing a a, a kind of a glorified what if scenario where we're like, "What if he'd have gotten away?" and we still had more of the evil Loki instead of the reformed Loki who got to be friends with his brother for a long period of time. So it, it's cool to have these like alternate takes on characters. Um, like they're doing the same thing with Gamora. I think if, if I was to guess on guardians of the galaxy three, we'll probably see a, a, a more rough and tumble Gamora um, who, you know, has all in love and been, been tamed a bit with this family atmosphere of the guardians of the galaxy. And, and I think we're going to see a little bit more, uh, with Loki here too, like he seems to have been humbled in episode one, but he's the god of mischief. If if he's not, you know, dealing from under the deck, I'd be surprised. So I we'll 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 see what he ultimately does. But it wouldn't surprise me if if he comes out with a few a few tricks of his own somewhere later down the line. Same thing going to you, Cyber. What was the question again? Oh, um, essentially, as far as Sarah Finn's job casting the entire mcu overall what are your thoughts as far as how she's performed i mean basically i mean from the get-go of the you know beginning of the mcu i mean it's been pretty spot on it's been very well done i mean there are definitely some characters or you know 
people that I wouldn't agree would play good at that character. Um, but for the most part, I think she's done a great job. I mean, you know, her hands down, her picking Tom Hiddleston, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Mark Ruffalo is, you know, is the Hulk. All those right there were hands down the most greatest, you know, casting decisions that the MCU has done. And as long as they keep doing that and she keeps on a roll, I, mean, I don't see them having any issues with any of their characters. So that's, you know, one of the reasons why I'm like, okay, well, let's give Owen Wilson a chance here, even though he's very Owen Wilson-y, uh, you know, because, you know, she's really good at her job. So it, it'll be interesting to see what she does down the road with casting as well to see if she keeps on that great path. Cyber, do you feel like when it comes to the Marvel Studios and their production, do you feel like if you're an actor or an actress out there, like, you know, it, that Marvel itself, they make you look good, like in their shows and their, in their content, in their movies. Like, do you feel like there's a sense of that? Well, yeah, that's with any film industry, any, you know, not just Marvel itself, any part of, you know, Hollywood, they want to make you look good because if you look good, you're going to make the money. So, I mean, yeah, definitely that, you know, they make them look good. Uh, I'm sure there are, you know, actors and actresses that, you know, they have to spruce up a little bit because they're different in their real life, you know, and so that's a part of acting, uh, that they'll have to make them look better, their image better. I mean, that's what, you know, their acting agents are for. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's all about sprucing up these people. Some people are just naturally talented to be that, you know, good looking and just that good on screen. So, I mean, some of it comes natural. Some of it has to be, you know, given to them like a cue card, you know. So it, it all comes and circles around and, you know, each of it equals out to each other. Well, the reason I ask you that going to you, Perry, is, you know, I, I wonder uh, for if you're a character like Tom Hiddleston, Perry, that plays Loki as long as he has and everything, how do you think that affects them adversely or like on a positive note for the rest of their career as an actor or an actress? Um, it's, it's tough because you see a lot of instances where these kind of things skyrocket people. And then you also see them never do something as big again, you know, like, um, like Daniel Radcliffe playing Harry Potter, like, I think a lot of it has to do with if you're, you have to do movies before you do the big movie and then people can still think of you differently. I think where a lot of the issues come from with people not being able to break out of that, being that person is where that's their only major role they've ever done, you know, where they play like minor roles in TV shows or like a supporting character in a movie, but they, they were never like the star of a movie or one of the main characters in a movie. And then they get a breakout role in like something like a Marvel movie. And now they're, they're su now they're a superhero. And that's, that's what everybody's going to remember because before then they weren't, they weren't any other character in people's minds as a household name or anything like that. So I think, I think it depends on their situation, but I, I can't imagine you say no. I know um, really recently uh, Emily Blunt came out and said that she didn't want to uh, do a Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, and I remember thinking, I was like, okay, there's, there's two reasons. Like usually people like 
either they're not they're not uh these or like as uh uh what's his name uh martin scorsese said they're not cinema um and some people look down upon them as like cash grabs and so i i understand that perspective from like an artistic mentality if you're not viewing something that is boom boom pow punch 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 as like something that can be more than that then that's your that's your viewpoint on it but i feel like as soon as you step into it and step into the world that they created and you get kind of enveloped by it i feel like you you have to change your mind when you see how it affects people how people come together to watch it um how how much of a family like the avengers are with each other and how much they get along like you don't you don't get that on a lot of movies where <laughs> actors and actresses are like act like best buddies and like they mess with each other in public like they act like they're like brother and sister you know like it's it's that fun like thing yeah matching tattoos <laughs> um you don't see that on a lot of like even like movie series, like you look at like Lord of the Rings or anything like that, like big ensemble casts, you, you see like smaller groups of the people that like played roles to that were really close together and stuff like that. And they're close, but like on the scale of this kind of situation, I, I feel like you can't go wrong. Like making so many connections with so many different directors, having a chance to play in so many different movies. You sign into a five movie deal, and there's a chance that you get to be directed by three different directors who are up and coming directors or they're already like big directors. So it's like you get so much exposure and so much experience with other people that I can't imagine why, even as like a seasoned actress or an actor, that you wouldn't try to get some sort of role in there just to have Disney backing you Disney backs you. Like, I feel like you've kind of got it made in that situation. Like if you say, yeah, I was, uh, I played a big role in, uh, this Disney flick, you know, like, I feel like people are like, Oh, Oh, they were in a Disney movie. Disney, Disney hired them. Disney's one of the biggest companies in the world. It's like, I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get why you wouldn't like just like indulge in it even for like a minor role. But yeah, I think it's, I think it can only be positive. And I think it's just how you handle being that person um, to like the younger generations is what is what determines whether or not it hinders your ability to get roles after or only be that person. But I feel like they pick people who care about the characters or learn how to care about the characters and they don't mind being that person, you know, good like point. Enjoy it. good point, Perry. That's a really good point. I think they, th I think you're very right about that. Going to you, Arch, um, Arch, how do you think Chris Evans and RDJ will do after the MCU? I mean, I know, I know RDJ already had one film come out. Uh, but what are your thoughts? I know this is, this is kind of off topic, but just to get your thoughts. Um, yeah, I think they can probably do what whatever they really want to do. To be honest, like uh, Chris, Chris has more range than I think people th uh, really think he does. Like he's he's done a lot of different stuff actually, and I mean, and just going with the superhero stuff, we talked about this last week. Like the difference between his Johnny Storm and his Captain America is 
that's night and day. It's not, you know, it's, he's, he's got a lot of different things he can do. So I, th- I think he'll be fine if he wants to. And, and, you know, I haven't done the stats on this, but I'd kind of be surprised thinking, seeing what a lot of these MCU actors have done outside of, of Marvel. Um, Chadwick Boseman's done a lot of, of relevant stuff. I, I, he's passed away, obviously, which is very unfortunate. But um, Chris Evans has done a number of different things. RDJ has done, done a number of different things. Um, a lot of them have. I won't go through the whole list because there's a billion of them. But the I don't I don't think it's probably any different than than a lot of other actors. I mean, sometimes you catch on and you became a, a you become a box office draw or you don't. Sometimes you can have a longer career or something. I, mean, I don't know. I'd be surprised if it if the percentages of them doing more or less after the MCU is is any different than any other other media but more importantly as as perry was saying these these people appear to really love working with marvel i mean you don't have people stick with a company for 12 plus years because they hate it they, they these people love it that you it's 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 a rare instance when you've had somebody trying to ask out of this most people are trying to ask in you have people begging to be a part of it so i think that family atmosphere is really there like any times you've seen these like big events uh, where they may show up for the 10th anniversary photo or that kind of thing. You really see them hanging out and loving being a part of this and contributing to this. And you've got a ton of big name actors who are just begging to get in even for just one role, like Kurt Russell playing Ego or Kate Blanchett playing Hella, stuff like that. They just want to be a part of this. I think it's awesome. Definitely. Cyber, what are your thoughts? I, I really want to hear your opinion on this. What do you think about the the reality of being somebody that's in the MCU for a really long time, how that's going to affect their career afterwards. And then what do you also think of what Perry mentioned? The fact that, um, the, that actress, I forget her, let her name said that she doesn't really want to be in the fantastic four or whatever. Emily. Uh, em- yeah. Emily Blunt. <laughs> yeah. Emily Blunt. Uh, I mean, being a part of the MCU, I think anybody that's a part of the MCU, um, most of the people that they end up casting have already had a huge career. I mean, RG, RGJ had a huge career before he made the Iron Man. I mean, he was his career kind of had fizzled out a little bit because of his drug problems. But after becoming Iron Man, he went back to being, you know, top dog. Uh, Chris Evans, you know, like Arch was saying, he has done a variety of films over the years now. I mean, he was the bad guy in Knives Out. That was really awesome. He, you know, he's done a, you know, Snowpiercer, he did... Scott Pilgrim versus the Scott, World. Yeah, Push. I mean, he's done a lot of films while he's been a part of the MCU. Uh, I mean, you know, other people, like, look at Kurt Russell. They got Kurt Russell in playing Ego just for that one role, but, I mean, he's been in a ton of films over the years, like, you know, Arch was saying. I, I, you know, all these people, being a part of the MCU is actually a really good thing because you, you're even if it's a small, smidgen part... You can end up beginning any role you want because you are a part of the MCU. That's how amazing the MCU is because it is – it really is. It opens the doors for so many of these people because, I mean, there have been several people that had small little parts in these in films, you know, out throughout all the films, you know, back to Iron Man where they have had – success outside of the mcu like they because they had the cameo the mcu they actually got bigger parts in other films so i mean it's it's a revolving door with mcu so if you get a chance to do that you know that's amazing but some people they don't feel they need that because they're already big enough or that they just don't want to do it and emily blunt is just one of those people she thinks that it'll fizzle out her career because of what she's already done and you know that's one of the reasons why she doesn't want to be a part of it because she just doesn't see 
she said herself, I just don't see myself being an action hero. That's pretty much, you know, reason why she decided she doesn't want to be a part of it. Because she sees herself doing more dramatic roles like she has. A Quiet Place, Quiet Place Part 2, and so forth. So, I mean, it, it, it all depends on the person, too, an actor, whether or not they want to be a part of the MCU. And I don't, you know, I don't say anything bad about Emily Blunt just because she doesn't want to do that. I, I, I understand what where she's coming from, and that's her choice. Most definitely. Um, so, going back to you, Perry, I know that this is only episode one, but do you see a difference in the tone and the pace of this episode compared to WandaVision or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I think it was a good balance. Um, I think there felt, because the first two episodes of WandaVision um, were shorter by like half the amount of time, but felt a little longer in, in some ways, you know, the, at least the first couple episodes. I, I, after that, it, it, it felt like things were like piling on, but, um, I think this was a good mix because, uh, the whole WandaVision is after the first two episodes, it felt like, like you, you were getting your like mind blown every single episode and like something was happening. You're like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Uh, Falcon, the winter soldier kind of was more like predictable in that way. Um, so it didn't it didn't have that same like energy. It was still really good. I just didn't feel the same energy as I did with WandaVision. And this one feels like it's a good middle ground where it's not it's giving you it's it's putting you on the train, but it's not at full speed yet, but it's also not just like like coming out of the station at a slow pace, you know, it's 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 getting going. And there was enough action in terms of like um, keeping you occupied. I mean, it was almost an hour long. It was, it was like, Oh, it was like 50 minutes of like, not too much physical action, but just a lot of like, like content. Like it was a lot of like, this is, this is what this is. This is what this is. This is why they do this. This is why they do that. Let's talk for 20 minutes. Here's this. Let's do that. You know? So, um, with that, I wasn't bored at all. Like, even though there was no, like, quote-unquote, like, boom, boom, pow, punchy, punch, punch. Like, I didn't get bored because it was all paced the right way. Yeah. Everything felt like it was, yeah. <laughs> every moment felt like it was meaningful. Like, there was a reason they were doing every scene. And when that happens, it doesn't matter what's going on within those scenes. If every scene feels like there's a meaning to it or there's a purpose for it, you don't get bored because your mind is moving with it. So, so how I think does that contrast though? How does that contrast with Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision? I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier felt like it was edited weird. And I know they had a bunch of things that they had to change because it involved a pandemic like thing and they took that out of it. Um, and so I, I try not to get too like, like nitpicky about that. Um, but uh, there was a weird editing thing where Falcon and the Winter Soldiers felt like some things were like weirdly placed or they felt like they were thrown in there a little bit. Like it felt a little less like, like con congruent, like with what they were trying to do. Um, and then WandaVision, WandaVision felt like, I feel like, I, I, I feel like the conversation is what ruined, not ruined, 
what changed a lot of people's expectations of what was going to change, like what was going to change after WandaVision. Like people, I think, built it up like way up here when the reveal was like, hey guys, it's not as you guys are going way off the ship here. Like, like we're leading into things. We're not going to blow your mind. Like we're not going to change everything just with this like one show, you know, but I think comparing it to the other ones is, is weird because they're totally different in what they're trying to do. So it's like, but I think it, it itself was really well paced. It just, even though it was just in a few rooms in a building, you know, I think they did a really good job like pacing it out. So everything felt like it mattered. Excellent. I think that's a great take arch. What do you think? I mean, um, what are your thoughts in terms of like comparing to WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier in their first episodes? Uh, yeah, uh, I think a lot of them were, were just, you know, solid setup episodes, uh, just, you know, establishing where everybody is and what's been going on and that kind of thing. Uh, this show is more like WandaVision than it is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, is, get, gets back to the gritty, almost real world, realistic, verging on that anyway, sort of espionage type of thing and the other two were sci-fi but wandavision was you know very much more of a whimsical sort of fantasy this one is uh you know much more like dark city if you've ever, if you guys have ever seen that just a yeah. hard boiled uh blade runner type of well. yeah 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 exactly uh um, yeah right so like just a much more hard boiled type of uh sci-fi uh but still you know somewhat in the same realm um the uh, I you know, in terms of effectiveness, I, I mean, I think they all worked with what they're trying to go for. Um, the this one I, I think was really interesting because I didn't know exactly what to expect, but I thought it it did a great job in its first episode, in its first half, setting up the world and the idea of what we're going for. You've got the the time lords who I'm extremely curious about, like how do these guys, how do these people have this much power? How 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 are they able to reset and merge timelines? I'm 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 like I've got all these questions like are we gonna meet them are they the enemy is is they're they're kind of saying that an alternate version of Loki is the enemy but I don't know what's going on here I, I don't even almost, I almost don't even want to guess because this could be going all over the place but um just the, you know the the world that they've established there I think is great and then it ended with a very personal story about Loki which I, I which I thought was really cool and I'm I'm curious to see where it goes but um yeah I don't know I, I guess those are my thoughts I I could ramble on forever but I, I guess I'll leave it at that for now well. Going right back to you, Arch. Um, if you had to just just right at this point, and then we'll compare it to later on. Um, how would you rate episode one of Loki right now, one to ten? You know, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do, you I have don't to. Do, you have I, to, brother. I, I it's a mandate. I can't. I can't. I don't do numbers. I, I'll, I, I, I'll, I'll rate it. Do a letter. Uh, do a letter. Do a lettering. Then, like, oh, go A, B, C. The F. Uh, I. You, you don't know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. Okay. I'll, I'll try to come up with something creative for you in a minute, but don't put me on the spot. All right. Okay. All right. Cyber. It's really Cyber. good. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. Cyber. So, so, so is is it one or ten that's better? <laughs> I, it Ten's better. Okay, ten. I say ten. I will be like Arch. Ten. <laughs> hey, go ahead. Unfold it, Cyber. Please, go ahead. I mean, honestly, I think out of all the the two other Disney Plus series, this one by far is my favorite so far. This first episode, I thought outbeat 
all the other episodes of the other two seasons so far. This season, also, this first episode, from the comedy to the writing to just the acting alone, and then the visuals, I thought, hands down, were way better than how WandaVision started out and how Falcon and Winter Soldier started out. Like, you know, Perry was saying, you know, yes, Falcon and Winter Soldier had a lot of pandemic problems. It had a lot of issues that they had to resolve because of the pandemic and just changing things out and so forth. But hands down, I think that just this was a better series so far, even just with the one episode. I just thought it was fantastic. And uh, I've rewatched it three times now because I just think that's how good it is. Can I put something tiny out there just as a ridiculous rumor I want to start? Sure. Okay. The uh, so we had we had the massive, like crazy Mephisto rumors in Wandavision. I, I just I just I just want to say that that little girl in that little scene pointed to the to the red devil like stained glass window. Just saying. Just just want to go ahead and start that again. I was literally thinking the same thing. <laughs> just for fun, I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. So don't make, I, I don't, don't make me sit on that for too long. I'm gonna go crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not at all saying that's what it is. <laughs> like, I just, I just thought that was hilarious that we just got. So that basically, right it could be, it could, it could be Mephisto in disguise of Loki. Yeah. In this alternate version, uh, basically. Why that, not? that would, that would not? be a cool. Yeah. That would be really cool if that actually happened. Yeah. That that would be awesome. Then we'd finally get our Mephisto, yeah. you know, thing going rolling. on. Keep that rolling. I, I like it. I like <laughs> that it. would be that would be quite the uh, quite the twist, you know. Yeah. Uh, before Jeff gets back, I had one other thought about this, and it goes to, to what uh, Perry just said, like about how Wandavision kind of got built up towards the end. I was begging people not to think that. Evan Peters was going to wind up being Quicksilver and there was going to be any Fox first crossover. I wasn't convinced of that at all. And I was trying my best to tell people not to expect that. I really was. I didn't think that was going to happen. And I, I thought it was kind of, I thought it was kind of ridiculous. If you, if you sat down and thought about it for a moment, I thought it was a little ridiculous. I don't know what you guys thought. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was one of those things where in, in like, I thought it would have been fun, but then I there were so many like kind of questions that would build off of that. And I think when we talked about that cyber, um, I don't know. I think it was me, you, and Jeff when we were doing like the WandaVision stuff. We kind of talked about the implications of that and like where that kind of leaves us with things. Um, that it it would, I think it would complicate like because you bring in Evan Peters, and then all of a sudden the casual fan is not not in on it you know um i think it takes a certain type of fan to be kind of like in on that joke a little bit oh there you are there you are hey jefe there's jeffrey can you hear us (laughs) looks like him and archer on the phone together that's cute They had to call each other mid-show just to see how each other was doing. He called me. <laughs> that might be the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> Jeff, you're muted. I can't hear you, man. We can't hear you, bro. <laughs> Did that work? I'm being left in suspense. I don't get to. No. Nope. Nope. No. Nothing. <laughs> 
We are having some uh, technical difficulties. Please hold while we transfer. <laughs> Here it goes again. No. 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 I, wonder why, I wonder if that's why I glitched out for a minute. Because all of a sudden, I just, I just all of a sudden... Yeah, you left. Went, yeah. Oh, oh, there goes Arch. Oh, oh, no. I'm back. What is going on? Yeah, I don't know. Am I the only one not disappearing? Am I in control of this? Is this <laughs> what? <laughs> Maybe you are. It's Mephisto. It's Mephisto. <laughs> I'm controlling this with my mind, yeah. <laughs> It's really Mephisto disguises <laughs> as Perry. Yeah, the the horns start growing. Yeah. <laughs> you can figure out a way on your green screen to have like a completely different shadow than yourself back there. Still nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny is the other the other program that we were using uh, allowed me to utilize the green screen, and this one doesn't. Okay, we're back live. We had a little bit of uh, a uh, mechanical uh, error. But, um, okay, just to wrap this thing up, just to kind of put a, a, a bow tie on this, we're going to – who were we at? Where were we at? Were we at you, Arch, when, when we went off? I, I, I refuse to give a number grade. So oh, that's I, right. I really enjoyed it, I'll tell you that, whatever number that is. Cyber, we were on you, weren't we? I had finished, and I thought it was – I thought we went to Perry. All right, Perry. Perry. Do you want to try to uh, give give us a, a a grading for the first episode of Loki? Yeah, sure. I'll give it. A, I'll give it a nine. Um, it's and that'll that'll change. It'll fluctuate. It'll go up or down. I don't know. Um, it's one of those things, you know. It's 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 ever changing with things where you're like, oh, I hated it before, and then you go and watch it ten years later, and you're like, holy shit, this was fantastic. You discussed you know? this personally, yeah, before. right, and it's you change your interest change but right now after watching i'll just say i'll give it a nine it was fun i enjoyed the character development the dramatic parts with tom hillston were fantastic and it should line up to be a really wacky and interesting change to some of the things that we've been seeing with marvel so it should should wacky it up whack up the universe a little bit and it should be fun all right, well, check this out. This is going to be an interesting closing segment because we're about to segue into Dune, the trailer. There's something happening to me. There's something awakening in my mind. I can't control it. What did you see? There's a crusade coming. Do you often dream things that happen just as you dream them? Yes. The test is simple. Remove your hand from the box and you die. What's in the box? Pain. You inherit too much power. You have proven you can rule yourself. Now you must learn to rule others. Something none of your ancestors learned. My father rules an entire planet. He's losing it. He's getting a richer one. He'll lose that one too. Arrakis is a death trap. 
This is an extermination. They're picking my family off one by one. Let's fight like demons. An animal caught in a trap will gnaw off its own leg to escape. What will you do? I know you. One day, the legend will be born. All of civilization depends on it. The future, I can see it. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. My Lord Duke. Where the fear is gone, only I will remain. <laughs> All right, Cyber, you first, brother. Uh, you know, <clears throat> the only issue I have with this film is the fact that they cast Zendaya in this film. I can't stand the woman, but other than that, the trailer. <laughs> other than that, the trailer looks fantastic. I mean, the end sequence there where it shows the giant worm. That's awesome looking. I mean, that's way better than the original film that they did back in the 80s. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I mean, visually, this is going to be a lot more appealing because Dennis Villanova, he's very good at being visually appealing. He did that with uh, Blade Runner 2049. He did that with Arrival. And so that is one of the things I'm looking forward to this film. But also, it has a pretty decent cast. I mean, you got Jason Momoa in it, Josh Brolin. Uh, Javier Bardeen. Outstanding cast. You know, Dave Batista. I mean, it's got a really great cast. And... That's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm just hoping that this will be a little better than the Kyle McLaughlin one. I wasn't a huge fan of the original one back in the 80s. I thought it was okay, but there was so much they couldn't do with it because they just didn't have the visual effects yet. So, I mean, I feel if they had had a little more special effects back then, they could have did a little better with it. And just, I felt that one, the story just was a little too slow for me. And this one looks like the story might be actually pretty decently, like it runs pretty well, it looks like, through the trailer itself. So I'm looking forward to checking it out when it comes out in theaters. Uh, it'll definitely be something interesting to see. And uh, definitely, it'll be visually appealing, I can tell you that. Well, Perry, you looked stoked watching that trailer. What are your thoughts? Dude, I am. Um, the movie looks great. And I like Dark Side of the Moon is one of my favorite albums of all time. Like, I've probably listened to it like uh, too many times to count. It is a masterpiece. Anybody who says differently, I can't disagree with you more. And adding Eclipse at the end of them. Oh my God. And then having the actual Eclipse and the. Oh my. It's. It's it's right on the money when it comes to like, and that's also a joke because money's on Dark Side of the Moon. But uh, it uh, 
it, it, it just, it, I, I got the chills, you know, like music does that for me, you know, like when those moments, like when you can like see the connection of what, what they're about trying to how do. It tied into the visual aspect oh, too. It was, oh, Jeff. Jeff, my guy, I can't even, I can't even express to you. What like, did I tell you about this trailer? It's so freaking good. It's so good. This is this. This is only the second time I've seen it, and I'm like, because I don't, I, I can't keep watching it, or I'm just gonna keep like getting all like, like antsy about it because it was supposed to come out in December, and I haven't, I can't get over that, you know. So, uh, it, it's just, uh, it's so good. It's just so good, and like we were saying, uh. Dennis uh, Villanueva. Uh, how do you? I, That's I always, how you say it. Okay. I hear it a hundred times and I still can't say it. I don't know why. It's just one of those things. You hear it and then you can't say it. But his, the way that he's able to like put up, put a scene together and just make it visually stunning and that's a lot of his his cinematographer that he was been with for years this is the first movie that he hasn't been with the cinematographer but you can tell that he's definitely like playing his cinematographers cinematographers cards here because it's just it has that same like scale you know like the big scale scenes feel big they like feel warm yeah it feels powerful it feels like you can feel the scene you know and he does that brilliantly and i'm just really excited to see this awesome ensemble cast take on this beloved like cult classic book that is not a mainstream it's not super mainstream but it has such a following that it, it deserves like this kind of attention and this kind of like care taken to it so i really hope that it it nails it and it does a backflip and a triple whammy side flip jump and it lands straight on its feet and then goes like this and the judges give it a 10. I that was I enjoyed that Perry. Arch, what do you think of the trailer? Yeah, no, it looks beautiful. Uh, I every everything Perry just said. I I so I my my experience with Dune is that I I don't know a whole lot about it. I did see it a long time ago but I don't really remember much about it. I haven't been a consistent fan or anything of it or followed it or anything like that. But I'm always, uh, I think the thing this reminds me of is um, maybe like uh, it, they just redid it. Um, Tomb Raider, they just had another version of that. They've got a new Highlander coming out. And I think the thing that I think about when I think about all three of those is that they all deserved remakes and better versions. And I think Dune is in that category where it really deserves a modern take on it. Um, you know, the first one wasn't like something like The Godfather where it was just good the way it is and you don't never need to touch it again. This deserved a retake on it, so I, I, I'm excited for it. Like this trailer is amazing; it really is. So I can't wait. What did you think, Arch, of the main character from the trailer? Um, the I believe I believe his name is uh, is uh, Paul. Um, yeah, no, it, uh, it, it seems pretty compelling. Like I don't know exactly what's going on in all those situations, like what the deal with the test of his hand in the box is, but all, all of that seems like really psychological and and character developing. And um, his his father seems to play a, a a pretty large role in it, and he's following on some sort of legacy. All of that seems great. It, it, this is why I don't watch a lot more trailers than this. I always love the first trailer, and then this is it seems like a great setup. I don't want to know anymore. I just want to watch the film, if that makes sense. I'm 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 intrigued enough as is. I, I'm I'm in the door to watch the watch the movie. I'm good. Well, I no, I I think that's totally understandable. It's very logical, Arch. And, and just just to put it out there to everybody out there, 
we really, I, we're going to wrap this up, but we want to really make sure that everybody understands that we appreciate all the support that we get for the MCU's bleeding edge. We've really bounced our, um, our YouTube channel and our podcast up in like the last month or so, or month and a half, we've really watched our numbers kind of jump. Um, and we've, we have a lot more engagement and a lot more listens and, you know, uh, views and whatnot going on. And we all really appreciate that. You know, we all do. Um, this is, you know, a, uh, a show that, you know, where Perry cyber and myself, um, we all, we are the MCU's bleeding edge. And we're very lucky to have somebody like Arch to come on and guess the way he does and give us these excellent, profound takes on the stuff that we cover um, and enjoy it too, the way he does, which is great because we all, this is supposed to be fun. Uh, and it is fun. Um, and we've got, listen, we'll be back at it again next Wednesday evening. We'll be covering Loki episode two. Uh, Arch may or may not be here depending on what's going on with his intense schedule. We'll have to see if he can make it or not, but if he can make it, then it'll be the four of us probably again. And then maybe, uh, Yvonne Rempel again, or Alexis or one of our Kennedy or one of our female, uh, guests might come on as well. But, um, I want to thank Arch. I want to thank cyber and I want to thank Perry very much for, uh, you know, struggling with me with these technical difficulties. And of course, just being here and participating and contributing on this awesome show, because I'll tell you right now, we are not fucking around here, guys. We are the MCU's bleeding edge and we're no joke. I mean, you know, our reviews are like, you know, intricate and informative. And I mean, you're missing out if you're not paying attention to the MCU's bleeding edge. But um, Arch, do you want to shout anybody out or shout out Sakar or anything? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you got the link down there, sakar.freeforums.net. I know you guys have, have been on there a little bit, but we welcome anybody to to come check us out. Uh, it's it's much more than just the MCU. It's, it's a prime focus for a lot of us, but we talk Star Wars and uh, Star Trek and uh, Dune. We just watched the Dune trailer. Any other? Battlestar Galactica? Yeah, yeah, that's on there. If you want to come talk, start, come talk Battlestar Galactica, um, you can come in and start any topic you want. B. Yeah, we have a ton of, yeah, a ton of people there uh, who uh, will be glad to talk to you about any uh nerdy stuff you want to talk about any social or you want to talk about uh, come check it out it's free to, to start an account we'd uh, love to, to chat you up so check it out perry you got to get on sakar man i know i know it sounds it sounds really good i gotta you need jump your on presence and... on there brother i know i gotta dip my toe in and same thing with rizzo man. How... what's going on what's up with that first rizzo video I have not been able to sit down. Like I barely today, especially like I barely was able to even watch the Loki trailer. I got to, I got home from work like three hours later than I usually do. So I was like, I, I even texted you, Jeff. I was like, dude, I'm going to be here for a while. I was like, you're going to have to take over tonight. Hey, that's a good thing, man. You're making money. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of overtime. It's good. It's good job. Good work. But uh, yeah, it doesn't, it, it doesn't leave me a lot of free time sometimes, but you know, I'm just glad I, I, I'm just glad I have like work and consistent work, you know, especially right now. I am too. And cyber, what do you want to say about Rizzle and like our whole Rizzle deal? Like we're, but we're both Rizzlers, everybody, just so you know, I don't know if you've heard about Rizzle before, but cyber and I are Rizzle veterans. Yes, we are. We are such Rizzle veterans. 
But anyways, yeah, I mean, if you haven't checked it out, people out there watching the stream or anybody that watches this stream eventually, uh, yeah, definitely check out Rizzle. If you're a fan of TikTok at all, Rizzle is the place to be. That's actually where a lot of us meet is on Rizzle. It's just we feel that Rizzle is a little better platform than TikTok is. They just have a lot more interaction with people, and it's just really fun. I mean, it has... Many of the features that TikTok is doing now, it's getting, you know, it's getting more and more intricate, people. But yeah, definitely come on by and check it out. It's really fun. One-minute videos. There's a whole bunch of different series that people put together on there. There's a guy that calls himself the goat that talks with a goat head on. It's pretty funny, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, just, you should definitely check it out. It's free, just like on the other ones. And, uh, you know, you can meet a lot of great people there. That's where I met Mr. Jeff Peter. And uh, it's it's fun. Just uh, definitely check it out if you uh, like to watch a little one-minute videos. Yes, and as I've shown in the graphics during the show, you can find Cyber on YouTube. He's a longtime YouTuber under Cybernetic Shark um, and also does some podcasting, but mostly he does MCU on Rizzle, and he also does film reviews. Perry Ramsey is the host of the Off Topic podcast. And Perry, when are you going to be back on? When are you going to be recording again? Um, I think once I, I just, uh, I, I move into a new place in, in about three, three, three or four weeks. And I think once that, like the whole process of that settles out, I think things get a little, little calmer for me. So, um, I think that's when I'll have a little more time to be able to sit down. Are you going to have me on? Or are you going to put me on there and let I'll me have you on? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or just like, don't do it, man. Don't Thanks, do it. Art. I appreciate <laughs> that. You son of a bitch. <laughs> You better don't not let Arch on there. I'll tell you right now. I don't even want <laughs> Arch on that damn show. Well, you guys can see me? Wait a minute. Sorry. <laughs> no. Arch. Nobody can see Arch, you. Do you what's, going, what's going on with Podcast of Champions? Are we doing a review on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, it's funny you said that. I was, almost, I was regretting not mentioning that. Yeah, we should be. We're doing a review of Loki um, on Saturday. Uh, the Grandmaster will be there. Uh, Lord Deathman, who you have not yet. And uh, maybe, maybe Taylor and somebody else. And. Uh, you guys are invited as well, so come 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 check it out. Uh, we record ours and then we uh, release them a couple of days later. It just takes a, and we do, we do a little production on them, so uh, we we haven't we haven't gotten into the live broadcast yet. But uh, so we come by, we'll do we'll record at five o'clock on Saturday Eastern time. Awesome. Yep. Well, I, am I in there? Like, I, I, uh, Grandmaster didn't get, didn't get back to me. Am I on? Am I on the program? You're it. Come on. All right. Well, well, look, we like to do things live over here on the MCU's Bleeding Edge because we don't play. I mean, let's be honest here. Like, you know, we're not worried about imperfections and, and little crap, you know, little snags and whatnot. We like to make, give it to you authentic like and whatnot, all live. <laughs> I like it. And, um, you know, either way, again, we thank all of our supporters. We thank everybody who has supported our YouTube channel and our podcast. And I just want to say God bless everybody out there. And have a great rest of the week and a great weekend. And we'll be back on Wednesday evening at 9.05 p.m. Eastern, 6.05 p.m. Pacific on the MCU's Bleeding Edge, reviewing episode two of Loki. So see you then. Peace out, everybody. Peace. Thanks, guys.